the way that you and I can know that God will work all things together for our good is not simply crossing our fingers and hoping that's true. The way we can know it is real faith, substance and evidence. What is that substance? What is that evidence? The past. What has God done? Oh my goodness, we don't have time to talk about all that God has done today. But that's what we're supposed to do. Now, to a modern problem. The modern problem is a problem that I see in worship. And I just want to I just want to talk to you about it ever so briefly. Yeah, right. Okay, so I want to talk to you about it anyway. So it might be brief, it might not be brief. There are two main thoughts or camps inside of the worship community today. There is the camp that, uh, that consists of what we would call modern or popular Christian music, Christian worship, okay? This is... Uh, this is um, seen in the likes of Hillsong or Jesus Culture or uh, Elevation Worship or Chris Tomlin fits into this, okay? And this is what you hear on the radio all the time, right? You guys know this. Okay, so these, these guys have some really amazing songs, okay? They have some really great songs. Then there's another camp, which is, um, which is marked by artists like Shane and Shane, uh, Keith and Christine Getty, uh, Sovereign Grace, all kinds of, uh, of other writers. And these people are often referred to as modern-day hymn writers, okay? They're often referred to. Stuart Townen is one. He wrote the song In Christ Alone. It's just a powerful song, right? So, so we have these modern-day hymn writers. There's a war that goes on. You may not know this. You may be like, wow, imagine that. More Christians fighting about stuff. But anyway, so there's, there's a war going on between these two camps a lot of times. And the one says, the, this side says, we need to sing about the faithfulness of God. We need to sing about what God is doing. And this side says, uh, we need to have a relationship with him. We need to encounter him. We need to experience more of his presence. We actually just sang that, right? We want to encounter more of his presence. Here's the truth. We need both of them. We need both of them. And I'm not playing a game here to curry favor. Because believe it or not, I know this is going to be offensive. I don't care what people think of this, right? I believe we need both of them for a very profound reason. I believe we need both of them for the message that I'm delivering today, which is where this camp is stronger than this camp. And I believe that we need both of them because God is a God of our emotions and our encounters and, and, and he is a God of presence. Do you know that? Do you know that? Here's, here's the thing that happens. Everybody's arguing with each other. And the downfall, what people do, what people say is those people aren't concerned about truth. And these, this people says this group of people never wants to experience anything. They just want to talk about head knowledge and theology all the time. And that is a mischaracterization and a broad brushstroke painted on both sides, okay? It's just, it's just downright goofy. Here's what I think needs to happen for both of them. I think this side needs to speak of the truths of God and his faithfulness, and then they need to give people the opportunity to respond, right? You say, hey, God brought us through the Red Sea. God has done this and this and this. Let us worship him. And then we get to sing hallelujah, 
you know, for 400 choruses or something like that, right? Right? So we sing hallelujah. This side needs to develop a stronger understanding of theology. They do. It's a simple observation. Uh, We can say things like this, I sing praises to your name, O God, I sing praises to your name. And while I'm singing that, as a Christian, as a pastor who knows these words and particularly loves that song that I just quoted, uh, although that is true, I know why I'm singing praises to God. But most people or a new Christian is walking in and saying, that's true. We should sing praises to God. That's true. But I don't know why yet. I don't know why yet, okay? Inspired by Romans 8, Charles Wesley wrote this hymn. And this is an example of it. I want to give you this example and then Psalm 136, and then I'll get back to what I'm, what I'm trying to communicate today. Here's what he says, uh, Charles Wesley. And can I be, and can it be, that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? He's saying, can it be that I gain a place, interest, buy-in to this, right? Can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Died he for me who caused his pain for me who him to death pursued. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? That verse is amazing. Modern writers have taken that refrain and said, amazing love, how can it be? that you, my king, would die for me. And they've sung it a thousand times over. And it's true. It's amazing to be in awe of his dying for you. But the rest of this song actually communicates what he did and why all is the natural response. Tis mystery all, the immortal dies. Who can explore his strange design? In vain the firstborn seraph tries to sound the depths of love divine. Tis mercy all, let earth adore, let angel minds inquire no more. He left his father's throne above, so free, so infinite his grace, emptied himself of all but love, and bled for Adam's helpless race. Tis mercy all, immense and free, for oh my God, it found out me. Guess what? You want to sing praises to God? It's really easy when you understand that his mercy found out me me. Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bond in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. No condemnation now I dread. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation now I dread. Jesus and all in him is mine. Alive in him my living head and clothed in righteousness divine. Bold I approach the eternal throne and claim the crown through Christ my own. You want to sing praises to God? Just set those words before people. Trust me, it will change people's hearts. See, we need both forms of worship because one cares deeply for the presence of God. But oftentimes what has happened on this side is we become a good old boys club. 
We've all experienced the presence of God. We've all experienced the goodness of who he is. And so we sing these refrains endlessly. We rejoice in who he is. However, the person who walks in that is an infant or a babe in Christ, a young or a non-believer walks in and they say, I know you're saying that, but I don't know why. I don't know why. And this side sings extremely deep, profound theological things, but oftentimes misses those great opportunities that says, guys, can we weep before our king right now? Can we fall before him in adoration? Can we be more undignified? Right? This is David's heart. Psalm 136, it's an amazing thing. One of the critiques of this camp in modern church is that they're too repetitive. How many of you have ever heard it? How many of you have made that criticism? I have, right? It's too repetitive. Have you ever read Psalm 136? There's 26 verses, and in 26 verses, uh, David says the same line 26 times, okay? He says, and God's loving kindness endures forever, and God's loving kindness endures forever, and God's loving kindness endures forever, and I want to hit pause on the repeat there for a little while, right? But here's what David gets that this camp needs to understand. Every line of the 26 lines that says God's love endures forever starts with a line of truth of what God did. He destroyed the king of Bashan. Your love endures forever. How many of you know that God's justice is part of his love enduring forever for us? That's part of what we sing, church. That's why we sing these profound things, and we need to sing them all the more, okay? So it's really important that we understand this. So enough of my hobby horse on worship, but I want you to see, church, that the reason why we don't know what the Apostle Paul says that the Romans knew is because we've forgotten the past. These songs about praising and worshiping God are wonderful things, but before too long, those songs will not inform us any longer of why we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And before too long, we might sing a lot of religious things, but if we're not careful, we will be a people who worship God in vain. We say a lot of flowery things, but our hearts are nowhere near him. 